So friends, as you're um, sitting down, let's just thank the Lord again. Lord, um, thank you for this meal that we've been able to partake. Lord, thank you for the promise, the sure promise and hope of your return. And Lord, I pray that you would um, use the preaching of your word to help us to um, see your provision. Lord, even as we've heard of testimonies of your adequacy, your all-sufficiency, your provision in making ways through snowy streets and providing shoes and the supply didn't run out until each child was fitted with shoes. And Lord, the way you provided for support for Jeff and the kids while Cody is away, Lord, you have provided for your church. And so, Lord, help us to hear and understand and receive with joy the provision that you have provided through the gifts of your Holy Spirit. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, friends, we're at 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And um, as you turn to your Bibles, and um, remember that we're in this season and in this series of learning about being consecrated, set apart, for the Lord's purposes, and one of those purposes is the receiving and the utilization of our spiritual gifts. And so um, Pastor Dave and I are going to read this together. And so um, 1 Corinthians 14, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. But I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues. Unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. Now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will I be to you? Unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or word of instruction. Even in the case of lifeless things that make sounds such as the pipe or harp, how will anyone know what tune is being played unless there is a distinction in the notes? Again, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? So it is with you. Unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue, how will anyone know what you are saying? You will just be speaking into the air. Undoubtedly, there are all sorts of languages in the world, yet none of them is without meaning. If, then, I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying... I am a foreigner to the speaker, and this speaker is a foreigner to me. So it is with you. Since you are eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. For this reason, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they say. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, 
but I will also sing with my understanding. Otherwise, when you are praising God in the Spirit, how can someone else who is now put in the position of an inquirer say amen to your thanksgiving since they do not know what you are saying? You're giving thanks well enough, but no one else is edified. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. But in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Brothers and sisters, stop thinking like children. In regard to evil, be infants, but in your thinking, be adults. In the law, it is written, with other tongues and through the lips of foreigners, I will speak to this people But even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. Tongues, then, are a sign, not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is not for unbelievers, but for believers. So if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and inquirers or unbelievers come in, will they not say you are out of your mind? But if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all, as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare. So they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two, or at the most three, should speak, one at a time, and someone must interpret. If there's no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. Two or three prophets should speak, And the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. Women should remain silent in the churches. They're not allowed to speak, but must be in submission, as the law says. If they want to inquire about something, they should ask their own husbands at home, for it is a disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. Or, did the word of God originate with you? Or, are you the only people it has reached? If anyone thinks they are a prophet, or otherwise gifted by the Spirit, let them acknowledging, acknowledge that what I am writing to you is the Lord's command. But if anyone ignores this, they will themselves be ignored. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy. And do not forbid speaking in tongues. But everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. This is the word of the Lord. And so before we dive in, let's just talk about verses 34 to 38 so that you won't disregard what I am getting ready to share with you. What in the world does this mean that women should be silent in the church? Well, commentators point out that already 
that there's been this teaching as um, Pastor uh, Elaine taught us a few weeks ago about this interdependence between men and women. They were the women and the men were leading the church. The women and the men were prophesying in the church. They were praying in the church. And so then here we see this be silent. Well, is that talking to all women? No, obviously not. It wasn't talking to the women that were serving in co-leadership with the men. It was talking to women who came in that didn't understand. Remember, they weren't educated. Even in parts of the world today, women aren't educated. They didn't understand. They had a lot of questions, even if they understood the language that was being spoken and that was questionable whether they would have even understood it because they were oftentimes wives of sailors that had come from other countries. And so they were asking questions or maybe they just didn't understand and they got busy talking among themselves. And so, hey, you're disrupting. Be quiet. It's not a prohibition for every woman, for every place, for all times in the church. OK. All right. So now that we got that cleared up, let me um, talk to you about a story. And as we were getting ready to open, reopen after being um, closed for some period of time, um, a long period of time with COVID as a church, there was this growing sense by several people in leadership as we prayed that church was going to look different. And so um, you will see on your seats a little bookmark, and it says Model for Prayer and Spirit-Led Leadership. And just want to explain to you that when... The Father wants to do something, God the Father. He'll give the impression to the Holy Spirit who brings it to somebody as they're listening about something he wants to do on earth. And then what our response to that is that we start to pray. Lord, we're sensing that you're saying that church is going to look different, but we don't know what you mean. Are we meeting at a different time? Are we changing in some way? And, um, but we don't know. So we're praying and asking the Lord to bring clarity Well, as we pray, then um, Jesus and the Holy Spirit also live to intercede for us. And so there's this ongoing prayer. And then the Lord brings some guidance or some better understanding. And how that happened here at Gold was one Sunday there was, out of three pastors, no pastors present to be able to preach. And the guidance we had was open up the mic, invite people. And Nancy, you gave leadership to that, to um, share a word of scripture, to encourage each other. And that was the beginning. And after that happened, we said, all right, there is all this gifting that's sitting here, these messages. How do we make space for this in our liturgy? And so church does look different. We've always had family prayer time, but we've added this testimony and sharing time. So that came out of a prophetic word. And so we took that step of faith and we opened the space for it. And the Lord has continued to work. And I asked Jan if I could just expound on her story that she shared a couple of weeks ago. Do you remember? She said, you're never too old to keep learning. And that's the way she started. And then she told about her granddaughter going through a very difficult time with her student teaching. And how that as a grandmother, she was praying for her granddaughter, but she also kind of wanted to call up that teacher and give her a little suggestion. (laughs) And so, um, but Jan didn't feel like the Lord was telling her to do that, but that's what she wanted to do. But she kept praying and praying. And then as she sat down with her daughter later 
this spring or whenever that was that um, the granddaughter, um, she shared, you know, I really wanted to go and talk to that teacher and tell her how wonderful you are and how gifted you are and that she should see these things in you. And anyway, and her granddaughter said, but Grandma, I've grown so close to the Lord through this. I've been praying and the Lord has helped me and my prayer life is strengthened and I've got, I've got a stronger relationship with the Lord coming out of it. And she said, the Lord was working even when I couldn't see it. And as we heard that story, I just felt like this is a prophetic word. Because aren't there situations that we face that we don't understand? And like that song, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, even when I don't see it, you're working, right? And so um, this was a gift of prophecy. And in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 14, it says, We are to eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. That eagerly desire, Rick Renner says to define that would mean hotly pursue. He says to boil over with jealousy to have something until you acquire these manifestations of the power and the presence of God. That is amazing that God himself through Paul is saying hotly pursue. Be jealous for these gifts. These are good. Go after them. How many of us have heard and believed that first part where Paul says, follow the way of love? Do you believe that that would be good? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Well, because we know God to be good and we know that love bears good fruit. And so we're all about that. Are we all about the second part of that sentence where he says, and eagerly desire the gifts of the spirit? If we believe that God is good, and if we believe that his gifts will bear good fruit, we will hotly pursue. We will um, desire and be zealous for these gifts of grace to operate and operate in a manner of love. My prayer is that as you listen to this sermon and the next couple of weeks of sermons on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that you will be eager, that you will hotly pursue, that you will be jealous to know how these gifts work, to receive gifts, to operate in gifts, because you'll believe that God's going to do good things through them. He says, especially the desire, the gift of prophecy. And prophecy simply means receiving and relaying a message from God. A more full definition would be to speak on behalf of God, to speak in advance of a situation, to foretell an event, or to assert the mind of God to others. Prophecy is a gift of receiving revelation and then sharing that when and as directed by the Holy Spirit. And the purpose of prophecy is threefold. You'll see that in verse 3. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, their encouraging, and their comfort. And so, an example of this for strengthening. Heather Sternberg. Last week, little um, Eden Blake was walking along with Anna, and he's holding the mic, and he points at Heather. And she senses the Holy Spirit prompt her, saying, I want you to get up and share something. And so she gets up and shares from Ezekiel. Do you remember this? If you were here, she talked about Ezekiel and how that in Ezekiel, the prophet had seen the glory of God 
And then he had been given this hard assignment to lay on his side for 390 days. And how she just brought that home to us, like, how hard would it be? It's hard to be on bed rest for a couple of days, let alone 390. How did he sustain this assignment that he was given? And she said, I just felt like the Lord was showing me that it was because he beheld the glory of God. And as Heather spoke, I just felt like this is a word for us, church. Maybe you're in a hard season. Maybe you've been a given assignment that is hard to understand and hard to sustain and to keep going. Look and behold the glory of God. He'll sustain us. I felt strengthened. I felt strengthened. And prophecy strengthens. Jan's words a few weeks ago just really seemed like they were asserting the mind of God on the matter. All right? When we look at hard things... Family members that are going through hard things. Our brother-in-law just went through a long, hard season of cancer and passed away. That's hard. And yet I felt encouraged in the Lord. I felt like all of a sudden I remembered the doctrine of providence. And if God allows something in his fatherly hand, he will turn this. He didn't cause the cancer, but he allowed it. And he, I have to trust that he's doing something good. He's doing something good in people's lives that we're observing. He's working behind the scenes in some way. I may not see it now, but I believe God is good. And it just, Jan's words encouraged me in the Lord. Another example, Dane's Aunt Jenny, sweet Christian woman, she sent us a sympathy card. And As she listened, I'm sure, for what words to write. And how many of you wonder, what can I write in this sympathy card? Sometimes we look for maybe cards on the matter that have a lot of words. So all we have to do is say, with love and prayers, so-and-so, right? Yeah. Because what is the message? But friends, if we will turn to the Lord and ask for the revelation, what would be the words of life right now? What would be the words of comfort? And Aunt Jenny, what came to her mind, a revelation? She remembered song lyrics. So she wrote these song lyrics in the card. It touched Dane and I deeply. She said, maybe you remember this song. And she said, when comes to the weary, a blessed release, when upward we pass to his kingdom of peace, when free from the woes that on earth we must bear, we'll say good night here, but good morning up there. He'll wipe every tear, roll away every care. We'll say good night here, but good morning up there. When she wrote those song lyrics to us, what that did was it turned us to remember that death is not the last word. That's just we're passing through this valley of the shadow of death, but he's preparing a banquet table. Just like we've been reminded, he's coming again. It brought comfort to our hearts. Those are the purposes of the gift of prophecy. And he says, if anyone's, um, the one who prophesies edifies the church. You see that? Verse 4. Edify is actually a technical term. It's an architectural term. And it's about an architect and how he would look at adding on to a building. He's building out. He's building up. He's building and it's, the purpose is to expand and enlarge a house. 
The house is being amplified. It's being made bigger to have more capacity to serve more people. And the architect needs to plan and to build carefully. So when somebody uses their spiritual gift of prophecy, we're working to build up, to build the capacity of the church. Well, what capacity are we looking at? We're looking to understand who God is. We're getting more revelation. We're understanding Jesus because he's manifesting his presence and his power and he's showing us who he is. And as Jan spoke, as Heather speaks, as others write cards, we're being expanded. The church is being strengthened, encouraged to understand who God is so that we can convey and proclaim this good news to others. We're to hotly pursue the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Verse 18 says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. But in the church, I'd rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. And church, I finally put my algebra, my high school algebra to work. I thought, okay, 100 words per minute, 10,000 words, you know, over 100. Like, I'm not going to do the equation now because some of you are math teachers probably, and you'll say, you got it wrong. But let me tell you the way I figured out my math problem. I could speak one hour and 40 minutes in tongues, and it would be less helpful if I did it in the church than if I spoke three seconds to say those five intelligible words right here. All right? So let that sink in. That If we understand the language, it's super helpful. Dane currently gets emails in Spanish. He doesn't know how he got on this email distribution list. And he doesn't understand Spanish. And even with our translation app, we can't figure out how to unsubscribe. So if anybody knows Spanish and wants to help him, Spanish is a beautiful language. I wish there were subtitles so we could understand what this beautiful message is that people are trying to get to him. All right? But you need to understand the language, and that's what Paul's getting at there. All right. Let's look at another section that's been kind of hard to understand. 22 to 25. Tongues then are a sign not for believers but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is not for unbelievers but for believers. So if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and inquires and unbelievers come in, will they not say that you're out of your mind? But if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they're convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare. So they'll fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. They'll see that he's living Lord. Well, a few things to note about the gift of prophecy in these verses. First of all, it says prophecy is for believers. Why is that? Well, because it manifests and makes Jesus known as being present and powerful in our midst. Prophecy is building up and expanding our understanding of God and his kingdom. So true story. Dane, um, I was working on my sermon yesterday and he said, why don't you take a nap? Good idea. So I took a nap. Well, while I'm taking a nap, um, yeah, this is the way it goes sometimes. You pray and ask the Lord to help you, and then you take a nap. So I'm taking a nap, and I wake up thinking about 2013 and the Growing the Church 
in the Power of the Holy Spirit conference out in Holland. And I thought, you know, that conference, I was on the leadership team. Pastor Dave was a teacher on the team. And we were teaching about love. And then we were teaching about how the, the Lord will bring manifestations of his spirit. And one of the leaders said, I think the Lord would have us to develop prophetic teams that would offer prophetic conferences to all these pastors and church leaders that are worn out, weary, and dry. Oh, prayer points. Okay, I'm sorry, I misspoke. Little prayer appointments. So we're at a conference, get it? And in the midst, there's this gap of time where it's a break, and they say, we think we're supposed to offer prophetic appointments. Oh, no problem. In a CRC, RCA setting, um, let's get together teams of two people to, um, that know how to listen and receive revelation from God and speak it, and let's speak it to these CRC and RCA pastors. But the Lord provided. I'm being a little sarcastic, right? The Lord provided. We went, Mary Sternberg and I were like trying to rush around like, okay, who, who listens to the Lord? Who might serve on these teams? So I asked my friend Julie and Jennifer from up in Traverse City, would they be on a team? And they're like, we've never done anything like this. All you have to do is pray and ask the Lord if he's got some word to encourage, to strengthen, to build up, to cheer up these people that might come. Would you believe that these CRC and RCA pastors, we offered many appointments. They were just like 15, 20 minutes long. The whole docket, like the whole schedule book got filled in. They were all eager to hear from the Lord. And the teammates, while entering in with a little bit of anxiety about, Lord, will you speak? Like, will we have something to give, to share, that will do this, that will encourage and build up? Time and time again, the Lord met these people in these little prophetic ministry appointments. And within 15 or 20 minutes, they came out testifying of the goodness of God, how they had been met. They had been strengthened. It was maybe a vision. Maybe it was song lyrics. Maybe it was a scripture that came to mind and they were encouraged. Not only were the ones that received encouraged, you should have heard our friends. Like, the Lord used me. He gave us something to share. And it was so exciting because it just met them right at their point of need. It was so encouraging to all. It strengthens and builds up believers. It also says that sometimes the Lord in his providence uses the gift of prophecy that even if an unbeliever will come in, the Lord will open their heart and open their eyes and suddenly they two will become worshipers of God. And maybe you remember the story I shared a couple of weeks ago where Vic was up here giving a testimony from a conference. And he starts to switch and from giving a testimony to prophesying and say, you must know the love of God. You must know the love of God. And then a guest who doesn't know the love of God stands up and says, I want what that guy's got. And he starts to say, Jesus, save me. And he starts to confess his sins. And so we've seen this happen, church family. And the more we make space and the more that we ask the Lord, use us, give us words to speak, the Lord will enlarge the house. He used Vic as an architect to speak words of life and the Lord enlarged the house and our capacity 
and this man's capacity, this guest that came to know Christ right in our midst. We are so eager to use this gift of prophecy to cooperate with, because it's really receiving and then being willing to take a risk and speak what the Lord gives you to speak. But there's some protocols, verses 29 to 33. We see that there's some protocols in place. Why did there need to be protocols in place? Well, do you all remember what we've already talked about, about how the Corinth church, there was bickering, there was, you know, divisions between rich and poor and men and women. And, um, you know, they were arguing over which leader they wanted to follow. You remember? Yeah. Well, let me tell you about the history of Corinth. So um, they were flattened by the Roman Empire. The city was demolished. And when they wanted to reestablish the city, because it was an important city, it was a trade route, there was just a little bit of land, but water on both sides, it was a really important destination that could be very helpful. They recruited soldiers, and they recruited sailors and legionnaires to live there. All right? So a rough and grumbly kind of group. The city was dedicated to sex and prostitution business, so there was a lot of self-indulgence and abuse of others. And then they were located right by Isthmus, where they had games kind of like our Olympics today. And so highly competitive, highly aggressive. All right, so think about this. You get a bunch of vets and sailors who are in a context that's just telling them, Everything for yourself and push yourself forward and get what you want. And, oh, now they come and this, these are the members of our church. And, friends, these, that's us. We're a motley crew that the Lord is transforming and helping us to grow up into who we are in Christ. But they needed a little help because they were being pushy. They were being competitive. They got a gift, and it was so exciting, and it probably made them feel like, do you hear what I just shared? That was hot. That was good. That was really good. No, and they're talking over each other. And so, yeah, there needed to be, like, all right, how is this respectful? So I had had this fun little idea, and I had asked Pastor Dave if we could do it, and I thought it would be fun if, like, after we co-read this chapter if he would start preaching his sermon on tongues while I started preaching the sermon on prophecy while each other was speaking. All right, can you imagine that? Like he's doing this and I'm speaking and you're trying to know which one of us to listen to and maybe we'd start raising our voices. But of course, he had a hard time imagining trying to do that, but he was willing. And I thought, I don't need to reinforce a habit that I've been trying to break for a long time that the Lord's been saying, Don't speak over other people. Even though if you get excited, you can hold it because the spirit of the prophet is under the control of the prophet. Yes? All right. Here you go. A window into Pastor Gina's sanctification process. All right. So, this is amazing that Paul, in this context where they're acting like that, he doesn't say, let's just skip the gifts. He doesn't say, let's cancel them. They're causing too much trouble. No, he's patient, he's loving, and he tries to give them some instruction about it. You see, he knew 
that they also were lifelong learners, just like Jan said. I'm still learning. We're all learning. When we're humble, we're willing to learn, to be corrected for the purpose of representing Christ better. Isn't that wonderful? And he calls us to weigh things carefully. So when you're listening to a prophetic word, you're listening to see, you know, is this really from the Lord? And so how are we doing this? Well, here at Gold Avenue Church, we're praying for, you know, we've been praying for revival. We've been praying for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And so we've made space in our services for sharing, sharing scriptures, sharing words that would be encouraging and strengthening. And then you notice that Mark will often say, raise your hand and somebody will come to you. Well, rather than open mic and then try to discern it afterwards, we're trying to have a process that allows for some discernment on the front end before. So if you share what you're intending to do and then you come up to the mic, don't switch your message. <laughs> All right. But, um, but we're, we're listening and we're trying to create grace space. We're learning. We're becoming a prophetic community. So we're learning together. And so if somebody says something and maybe they could have said it a little different way or, you know, maybe their, their approach was a little strong or something, we're not planning to call people out right here in front of everybody. But you can just expect that we're having private conversations afterwards with people, discipleship conversations, helping to coach, helping to train. Now, if something is very obviously wrong, we may at times have to say something publicly, but that's okay because there's a responsibility. If something's said publicly, we also need to weigh it carefully. And so there may be a time, but even that, friends, Paul was giving them instructions not to shut them down. So don't take this as a rejection. Don't let this be an opportunity to go, I got, I got corrected. I'm never getting up there again. That would be pride. We're going to be humble. We're going to be learners. Because we want to be architects to expand God's church. We want to strengthen. We want to build up. So these discernment principles that we're, how do we weigh things? On the other side of your little bookmark, it says four guidelines for discernment of the Holy Spirit. And so does these four little guidelines, these are principles. How do we weigh things and, and test it? Really, when we're saying weighing, we're testing this. And so these are some principles. Does it give glory to Jesus in the present and in the future? Number two, is it consistent with the intentions and character of God as revealed in Scripture? Number three, do other people who are filled with the Holy Spirit have a confirming witness? And number four, is there confirmation in objectively verifiable events or facts, if they're saying something that's forthcoming, or does this bear good fruit? All right, I can't teach you, like I, in a short little sermon, I can't teach you all these things and try to unpack this all, but put this in your Bible and don't take it out. <laughs> all right? Because when you're listening to a podcast, you're, li- you're watching something on TV, you're listening to something here. And here you pull this out, and you, these are some ways to weigh what you're hearing. And is this consistent with Jesus? Is it bringing glory to him? Is it in alignment with this scripture, or is it speaking against what scripture teaches? Do other 
people who are filled with the Holy Spirit have a confirming witness, just like I had a confirming witness with Jan's word, with Heather's word, with others of you that have gotten up and spoken. Um, Alex, I'm thinking about what you said about how that you're sensing God's love for you as you have love for your son. There's a, I was bearing witness with that. Yes. Yes, because God loves you so much. And he loves each of you so much. And we're growing in an understanding of that. These guidelines were recommended by the Christian Reformed Church Synod Study Committee of 2009 when they were looking at the gifts and the work of the Holy Spirit and when they wanted churches in the CRC to be open to the gifts and particularly the gift of prophecy, they said, Presbyterian Reform Ministries International has put together these guidelines and they listed them in an appendix in the back of that report and they encouraged all councils to study these matters. All right, 2009, we're being encouraged and they're saying these are good principles. A CRC church that's going to be open to the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit and the gift of prophecy, these are good principles. All right. I've told you how that we're seeking to offer grace space. And also, as we grow in a prophetic ministry, you're asking the Lord, what is the revelation? What is the word? What are you doing in the world? What would you have me say? If you have a sense or a dream or a vision, something that's a warning, we would prefer that you not come up and announce that on Sunday morning here. But we want to test that first. And so just share that with our pastors or our elders We've had one come in in the fall. We've had some senses as the noon prayer group has been praying about some trouble, some something that might be coming in the world. And the sense was um, really keep your granaries full. And so you've heard us say many times recently, be filled with the spirit, be in the word. Because God doesn't give any revelation or warning even for the purpose of creating fear but to prepare and to give guidance on what to do to sustain. And so even, Heather, you're worried about look to the glory of God. Look upon him just like Moses prayed, show me your glory. All right? God knows that we hear in part and we prophesy in part. He talked about that in 1 Corinthians 13. He knows that we aren't going to get this perfectly right now in the New Testament, but despite that, Paul closes these chapters with these words, My brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy. Hotly pursue this gift. Desire it because you want to cooperate with the Holy Spirit in the advancing and the building up of the church and God's kingdom. And so we want to make sure that if you want to grow in this gift, that you go to empoweredforwitness.org. Sign up for the spring class. It's going to be six weeks. We're going to spend three sessions, three topics on this. That's not nearly enough. But then Jackie and Caroline are working on a summer course for prophecy. And so there's much more to come. But please register for that class so we know how many people to count on it. And also share this. It's open to the public. So it's open to other churches, other leaders. And we've got other pastors that are already signing up. But friends, these gifts are our spiritual inheritance in Jesus Christ.
And when we operate in the gift of prophecy, we're actually helping cooperate in fulfilling Joel's prophetic word that the Holy Spirit would be poured out on men and women, old and young, rich and poor, for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Um, Pastor Gina, that was such a good message. And um, I want to tell you, you know I'm already eager for the spiritual gifts, but you've got me more eager. (laughs) So, um, uh, yeah, I want to, I want to, I think we need to do two things right now by way of response to the word of God, uh, because it always calls for a response. The first one is, I would like you to just put a hand up if as you listen to the, to God speak through Pastor Gina, you find yourself saying, I would like to grow in learning about and letting the Lord use me in this gift. I would like to grow more in the gift of prophecy. If you're hearing her and you're saying, that's me, just put a hand up. That's not a commitment to EFW. It's just, what's, is God working in you that way right now? Okay, keep that hand up. Keep it up, if that's you. Okay. The Word of God says, Ask and you shall receive. It says, if you then, though you're inclined toward evil, know how to give good gifts for your children, how much more won't your Father in Heaven give of the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So keep your hands up, and I'm going to ask Him right now to pour out upon us gifting and to grow us in this gift. Lord, we thank You for Your presence We thank you that these gifts are your good idea for how to edify, strengthen, encourage, grow your body and your kingdom. We agree with you and we say to you, Lord, we want to grow. We are hungry. And so I'm asking now, Lord, that you'd pour out the gift of prophecy and also a spirit of prophecy upon all who hunger, all who are asking, who are raising hands, lifting them up, also on this church as a whole, Lord. We pray that we would become a prophetic community that's marked by love and discernment and that is used to edify the broader body of of Christ in this region. Where I'm asking you right now, Lord, would you come, come upon, and in the ways that only you can, nurture and grow us in this gift. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay, I said I think, I think we need to do two things. That was one. Here's two. I'm giving you a homework assignment. Uh, it's an activation The easiest way to begin to grow in this gift is to take a person in your heart, friend, family member, co-worker, and to say, Lord, would you please give me a scripture to share with this person and some sense of how you might like to strengthen them through that word. Okay, this is how we keep it real safe, but we begin to receive revelation from God for another person 
We bring him that word and we say, I was praying for you, Sarah. And as I prayed, I'm just making this up now, okay? I, I just really sensed, I really sensed the Lord um, laying on my heart, uh, Philippians 4.19, my God is able to supply all of your needs in proportion to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And I, I, I don't know exactly what needs you have right now, but what I sense is that he's wanting you to know that, is he touching you right now as I'm saying this? Okay. Okay. I want you to know, I just want you to know, I asked him in a half second what scripture he would give. And he dropped that one into my mind. The Holy Spirit's moving on it right now. You can see she's in tears. This is how simple it is. Hey, he's so good. And he wants to manifest his goodness through us all the time. And so your, your activation, your homework assignment is, Lord, give me one person to start with. Give me a scripture. And let me minister, right? We're all royal priesthood, ministers of the gospel. You just take that scripture and you humbly submit it. No, no God told me stuff. Just as I prayed for you, the Lord gave me this. And he wants you to know that need, he will meet it.